Hey everyone, Tommy V from The Real Network. Again, we're Real Estate and Healthcare Leadership Network. Got an amazing special guest here for us. This is Kyle. Kyle's a physical therapist initially. Uh, now he's transitioned to operating his own business, which we'll get into later. Um, but in keeping with the theme of people that started real estate investing with not a lot of capital, uh, Kyle did execute a house hack. He did a multifamily house hack out in Vegas. And we'll break that down a little bit later. Um, but fun fact about Kyle, he was the star on a really cool reality show on Amazon Prime, uh, the one that got away. Uh, so I don't know if you'll uh, drop any nuggets in there, how the timelines uh, correlate with that. Um, but yeah, this is Kyle. Take it away. I appreciate it. And appreciate to just share my journey and, and see if it helps anyone uh, in their attempts to do something similar, um, whether they're just starting out in real estate or um, just starting out as a PT and looking for just other options um, as far as creating income and creating security and stability in their lives. Exactly. Because we all know that physical therapy is a cool job. Yes. But for most people, it's kind of a gateway. You come out with all these student loans. If you go for a regular job, you're not going to make any money. So you got to kind of find a, an additional stream of income or you got to craft that into running your own business. Um, so, so what, what year did you graduate PT school and then did you go straight into working or did you go into travel? What'd you do right away? Yeah. So I'll give you a bit of a short recap. Um, I graduated December, 2016 from grad school, um, passed my boards and was working. I actually moved across the country, uh, cause rates in New York were terrible. And I came out with um, just under 100k in loans, probably around like almost 90. Um, I had a car loan in there, and I had about about 100k in loans to pay off. Um, and so that was initially a big um, one of the big things as my priorities on the forefront of like pay off my loans at the time because I did not want the stress, the weight of it, right? And so I moved across the country to Yuma, Arizona. Um, because they had a good pay package. Uh, it was not the best location, and I knew this going in, but I signed up for the money. I got a uh, $75,000 starting salary with a $10,000 sign-on bonus. That's usually a red flag, which I knew, and also $10,000 towards my student loans, uh, so long as I worked for two years there. I was like, okay, that seems doable, um, and the town seemed small, uh, and it was inpatient rehab. Uh, so that was one of the uh, uh, fields that I felt most comfortable in after clinicals. So I started there. Um, I also picked up part-time outpatient ortho to make some extra cash. Um, and I was actually saving money and doing well, but I was just paying my monthly for the most part. And within a few months into my career, I, I saw some of the issues just being in corporate healthcare for a big corporate um, hospital. Um, I won't name names at this point, it doesn't matter. But I started looking into other endeavors, other avenues of making money. Um, I tried out for acting and modeling. Um, I actually got signed by an LA talent agency about six months into my career. Thought I was gonna be moving to like San Diego, Los Angeles. Um, and I ended up leaving that first job after a year because they had a change in their student uh, loan program and they almost weren't going to pay me the money that they owed me. And I was like, you know, 
why the fuck did I come here? Why did I agree to this? Right. And I was like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to deal with that. I stayed one full year because that's the commitment towards the sign-on bonus so that I didn't have to pay any of that back. So I stayed the one year and then I said, screw this. I can do better. I can do better for patients. I can do better for myself. Um, and so I moved to San Diego. I had this acting potential thing um, that never really panned out just because you kind of have to live in LA to make that work because they'll be like, hey, you have an audition tomorrow. And I'm like, I can't make it tomorrow because I have a job, right? Most people who are starving actors are living in LA. They work night shifts, serving at restaurants and stuff, right? Um, but anyway, I started working in home health. I somehow got a job PRN um, at a company with no experience. Um, really grateful for them. They took me in. That's where I started to learn home health. I was in San Diego, so I couldn't complain about where I was working. And they uh, also, um, were okay with me working other jobs and whatnot. Right. And the goal was to start my own business, which is what I did. Initially, I was looking to do a home health contracting agency. So a subcontractor, um, because I knew I didn't want to fully just work for myself. I wanted to build a real business and, um, have something that would be able to grow that had, uh, a greater ceiling than me just working for myself. And at the same time, I wanted to do cash pay because that's when it was really starting to come out, the Aaron LeBowers and everyone. Um, and so I started forming the Home Health Contracting Agency and I ended up being in Greg Todd's program back then. Basically, he told me, hey, don't try and do two at once on top of working a job, you know, try and focus on one thing. So I tried to focus actually on cash pay. Um, oh man, that's a great point because we, <laughs> our community, we, we, we know Greg, we know Brandon, we know Aaron, and you're exactly right. When you split your focus, you're going to split your results. And so you're exactly right. Trying to focus down, that is, it is so hard to do. It's easy to say, but it's so hard to do, um, especially when you're starting out because you're trying to grind out your job and then do this thing in the background. And so, yeah, that is such a challenge to try to just pick one thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a story of my life. Um, but I... I, I chose going with cash pay because I actually, once I started to really look at subcontracting, uh, I just looked at it as it's diminishing the PT profession as a whole in that I'm, I'm just reducing people's rates where I'm like, I'm making more money working direct for a home health agency. And I'm recommending other people to not work for subcontractors because you're bound to make less money, Right. And so I just was like, I got the ick and I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do that. I started with the cash pay and I started seeing some clients. I would see some of my, uh, my home health patients who couldn't be on home health anymore, who want to have like maintenance care. I would work with some of them. And so I was seeing some patients, but, um, and, and working home health still PRN, but I actually went through just a very, uh, like a dark time there, even though I was living oceanfront in San in Carlsbad, California, which is beautiful. I thought this was my dream. I thought this was where I was going to land. One of my best friends was in San Diego and it turned out to be like one of the worst few months of my life. I was just super stressed, super anxious. Um, I couldn't relax. I didn't really have a ton of guidance. I was in Greg Todd's program, but it wasn't the, like the one-on-one -on -one that I kind of needed. Um, and 
basically I just hit a point where I realized I cannot keep going the way I am because it's really not healthy. Like I'm not doing well. Um, and I quit everything, quit my job, quit the business I was starting within like a year. Um, and just, I, I, one of the things is I recognized something that I just needed personally was to travel. Um, because most of my life I wanted to, I never had the money or the time being in PT school. And I decided that this is something I need to go do. And if I'm trying to build a business in a local area, that's not online, I can't just get up and travel for a month. Anytime the business is going to fall apart. If you know, you feed what you want to grow. Um, and I wanted to feed myself at that time and I needed to clearly. And so that's what I did. I went away for a month. I went to the middle East, uh, went to like five countries, came back and said, I don't want to get any into anything permanent. So I jumped into travel PT, which is something I had always thought about doing for a while. And over the course of the next like nine to 10 months, um, I just grinded. I negotiated good rates. I took good jobs. I was mostly working in California um, and I paid off my loans by the end of that year. So within two years of graduating, I paid off my loans entirely. And most of that was in that second year of me starting travel because uh, I just prioritized it. And I still was able to live. I was still able to go fun, um, go on trips all the time. I still had a, uh, I wasn't just like uh, a, a slave to my loans that year. Right. And although, you know, whether we're, we talk about with like Brandon's recommendations or whatnot, um, you know, that money could have gone further in the long run if I was smarter and bought Bitcoin or whatever. But for me personally, and this is me speaking to anyone who's listening, um, if you feel like that weight of the loans is 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 more crushing, um, and you can't withstand holding on to them and investing and taking that risk because it still is a risk, even if you're putting in the S and P and guaranteed a seven percent return or whatnot, it's still a risk, right? Um, then then pay it off. Then focus on paying it off if it's a reasonable amount reasonable amount for me i i did the numbers and i was like okay i see what i'm making i see what i'm paying off per month i can do this and that's what i did right um so that's yeah, just that's that's a really good point that especially wasn't really a conversation during covid because everyone's loans were paused but it's becoming a conversation now now that first loan payments are due here in october so right now it's september 2023 next month student loan payments are starting back and that's a really big discussion point of there's the camp that's like, all right, pay them off as quick as you can. And then the other pants says, hey, invest the money and hope it beats the return on your loans and then pay it off on the back end. Um, exactly. It comes down to personal decision and what your goals are. Um, I, I don't know what the actual breakdowns are, but it seems to be from people I've talked to, it seems to be about 50-50. People that say, you know, for me, the, the emotional toll, the anxiety, the stress, and just like knowing it was kind of like looming in the background that a lot of folks, you know, go to pay them off. Um, and that's that I kind of fall in that boat, I think a little bit. Um, just growing up, we I never had any debt. I, I never even had a car loan. Um, and so the student loan debt was the largest debt I've ever had in my whole life. And so it is very, you know, overbearing. So I definitely appreciate you saying that because a lot of people think, oh, the smart move is that I'm going to pay less over 20 years. Um, 
But like you said, investing in yourself, prioritizing yourself, what's going to be best for you and your needs and your mental health, it may not be the the smartest thing, um, but ultimately it's it's your decision. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, and there's other factors that play into it, such as are they private? Are they federal? Because um, that you know, what are your interest rates? Are they variable? Mine were all federal, fortunately, and they were all fixed rate. So I was like, okay, um, I I can do this. And it, again, it was reasonable for me. I was like, I can do this in a year. Um, but you know, for some people, um, they also have kids, they have family, they have other priorities. Um, there's just other factors to take in and, and what, what, like where you live. Some people don't have many options as far as what jobs they can take because they live somewhere rural. And, and, you know, we talk about, you know, what salary you should be making and stuff. I'm like, you know what? Some people, don't have those opportunities in the area they live in. Like, let's be real. Like, um, and I'm all for negotiating your worth and, and, and getting paid well, but some areas just don't offer that, right? So anyway, it comes down to a lot of factors, but all I can say is just like, ask for help, the right people. I used to work with, I didn't work directly with them, um, but I knew the owner of Fitbox, um, who's really great helping with financial planning and paying off your loans. If you're interested, um, just go to fitbucks.com. Uh, Joe Renke's really great. I don't get any commission or anything, but I just really yeah, uh, I've I've I have well. Fitbucks too, and several people have Fitbucks. Yeah, great thing. They they just break down. They just lay out very clearly all the options because it's one thing to be trying to make a decision without all the information, and you're kind of just rolling the dice. They really lay it out very clearly, and they're like, you can do A, you can do B, you can do C, you know. It's your choice, but here's how this plays out over the next 20, 25 years. And that was really, really helpful to, yeah, it's a great company. Definitely recommend. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and it's funny you brought it up because I, uh, COVID, right. Cause I paid off that last like payment. It was like two, three months before COVID started and they, and they paused the loans. And I had this moment of like, of course, of course, I work my dick off this entire year just to find out that I would have been able to pause my loans for the next, not knowing at the time, for the next three years. And I was like, fucking motherfucker, you know, excuse my language, but that's literally. No, no, no. That's that's how we feel about Uncle Sam and the government. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I hear but, you. But um, I you know, I was, you know, it, it was needed for people at the time. But anyway, um, back to my story. Um, so once I paid that off, um, like they just took a huge weight off my shoulders, truthfully. Like I, I was I felt like I was able to breathe. That was an eight hundred and fifty dollar payment that I didn't have to worry about anymore. It was just like a, it was really I felt proud of myself, truly. Um because uh, I had tons of friends who were still drowning, right? Um, and then, you know what? I still kept the same mindset, though. I still was in, like, this college-ish mindset of not, like, immediately going and inflating my income. Um, or, sorry, not inflating my income, inflating my lifestyle so that I was just putting $850 a month towards something else. Um, and I continued doing travel for the next... I believe like two years and fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever, um, that I was able to take some COVID contracts uh, and make 
really good money. Um, you know, I was making at some points like 3,500 after tax per week, um, you know, uh, for about six months there. And so I made an easy, like, like 60 K in under six months after taxes. So, and this was California. So that would equate to about like a 200 K a year salary, maybe more. Um, and so I was able to save up money through that. And then I started investing a bit, um, you know, putting money in my, my Roth IRA. Um, and I was just hitting that point where, uh, I wanted to have my own place, um, that I could just go back to, uh, between travel contracts, um, and also have it be making me money, not something that's, that's another weight, right? I don't want to add another weight because a lot of people have these mortgages that they are slaves to, uh, especially people nowadays who are getting homes. Um, I know they don't have many options, but a lot of these are going to be a ball and chain for some of these people that they are living just to pay off their home to live in, right? Um, or working yeah, like, to pay like, off like home. You would have traded your student loan chain for a house chain. And like right. that, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Now with the right. rates, the the rates and the home prices and everything, buying a home just to live in is a little bit risky in a lot of geographical areas. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and at this time I was really, really getting into finances and, and like, uh, you know, I was making progress. So I was like, let's keep the ball rolling. I was working on myself personally, professionally, all the things. And always working on side hustles, building up my social media. Um, I had all these things happening, which were great. Um, and so I learned about house hacking and I looked into getting a multifamily. And fortunately, one of my uh, landlords on a travel contract, he had multiple properties. I spoke with him and I was looking in the area on the West Coast of where would be a great place to get a property. And so this was 2020 when I was looking, right? Um, and so if you go back just those couple of years, not thinking about the pandemic itself, but like the housing market, um, it was starting to increase uh, the prices. And we were seeing like, okay, we were seeing places in like Austin get bought up like crazy, the prices skyrocketing. And I was like, I want to get in somewhere before it's too late, before these prices go skyrocket and then I'm overpaying for a property um, or I don't even have the ability to buy because I don't have enough capital. Um, and so I was looking into different markets and Las Vegas um, turned out to be a really, really good market for multifamily properties. There's just a ton of them and they were within my uh, budget um, because there's there's... It wasn't the ultimate place I wanted to buy. If I could have bought, I would have bought in like Washington state, but those multifamilies were much nicer and going for seven, 800 K close to a mil. And I didn't have enough for a down payment for that. Or would I have beat out other offers? Right. But Las Vegas, there were places that weren't as nice, but they were in the 300 to 500 range. And I was like, okay, I could do that. And there's options. And my landlord's realtor had a great realtor in Las Vegas. So I linked up with him. We started looking um, and I put a lot of my faith in him uh, just because this is my first time looking and just knowing from an investment standpoint. So I was really grateful for him. Justin Uahara, it's really great. If you're ever looking in Las Vegas, you can hit me up. I'll give you his information. 
again, I don't get a referral. Just he's a really great guy. Um, and yeah, we started looking. We weren't looking for too long, maybe a couple months until we finally came across this property. Um, it was a kind of low key um, because the photos they put up were just at the outside. And so it didn't look that great because just like the landscaping wasn't done. And like clearly there were there like paint could have been the stuff like that. But it was a corner lot um, and they didn't show any of the inside. So we didn't know what we were going to be looking at, but we had to put in an offer um, before we could actually go in and look. And we put in an offer uh, for it was they were they had it listed for three twenty five. We put it put in an offer for three twenty six. They accepted, um, fortunately, because there were other people putting in money, putting in offers. And we got to go. We checked it out. It was surprising that there was some renovations done in some of the units. So there were four units, um, four one uh, single uh, what do you call it? one bed one bath units. Um, there's a corner lot downtown Vegas. And again, not the nicest area. It's kind of sketchy, kind of ghetto. Um, there's homeless people around, but I didn't care. Uh, this was not my forever home. This was my first home and this was supposed to be making me money. I just needed a place to put my head in between contracts. Vegas wasn't the worst place to be. And it was a growing market, growing market at the time. They just got the Raiders and a hockey team, the Vegas Knights. And I just saw it as a growing market overall. There's a lot of money coming into Vegas. So I, I was looking at it from that standpoint. And fortunately, um, we got the got the offer, got it to go through. And I did an FHA because I had like, I had probably at the time, uh, just under 40K saved to put towards a property. Uh, but Obviously, you have to factor in all these costs that you don't always know that are going to come with a property. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I got the down payment. That's it. But there's also like you need furniture. You need to do possible renovations. Like what if you get the property and there's an issue um, like all these things that you don't consider? So I was like, I want to get the lowest down payment. Um, and I didn't really want to do an FHA, but it was just the, the best option for me at the time. And it's a way to get your foot in the door. Um yeah, and, that's and, what the, I did. and the very powerful thing about FHA that a lot of people don't know is FHA, you can do multifamily. So you can do a single family, a duplex, triplex, or a quad. Uh, so up to four units. Um, the catch is that you got to live in one of the units and rent out the others. And then also in the underwriting process, when you're looking at a multifamily, they let you use the projected rents from those units to help you qualify for the loan. So you don't have to be making you know crazy amounts of money to cover the whole payment. They let you take your money plus the money from the other units, and that helps you know helps underwrite the whole loan because they know yeah. that you're going to rent them out. So they 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 help you kind of factor that in. So it's a great yeah. gateway for people with either maybe okay or lower income or flexible like variable income like travel pay because I know travel pay can kind of be a little bit of a headache. And so if you have those rents to help boost the whole picture that absolutely makes it a little bit smoother. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that point that that does play a factor. But fortunately, um, my mortgage uh, or loan officer just had me write these like two little letters. They were simple about like why I'm moving there and whatnot. And it, I don't know, she figured it out and got it done. That's all I cared about. Because um, my traveler pay showed like I was making like 30K and I was really making way more than that. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, the FHA worked out for me. 
Um, and again, it's just get your foot in the door, three and a half percent. So my down payment was something around like ten, eleven thousand dollars. Uh, and then once I got the property, the unit I took was the worst one um, so that I could renovate it. Uh, and I renovated that whole unit. I did minor renovations in some of the other units just to just what was needed, a new door, a new floor and one uh, painted myself the whole place and just landscaped a little bit. Nothing crazy, just enough to get renters in. I got renters in at um, like probably below market prices, uh, below market rents because um, I wasn't a scumbag, but also um, I just wanted people in. I, I My goal was going into this property, like if I make profit, great. I just want to be able to live for free. I want it to pay for itself. That was the goal. I didn't have this big overwhelming goal if I'm going to make, you know, two, three grand a month in profit from it. I was like, if I do, great. And my initial rents were lower, but they were enough to make like three, four hundred dollars in profit per month. And at the time I was like, okay, if anything, that'll go towards um, paying for any renovations, any problems, broken washers, refrigerators. And uh, my first year, I actually came out with a little bit of profit, which was good. And again, like I said, I'm building equity in this property. People, other people are paying for it. Um, I have a place to go lay my head, even though it's not ideal for me. It's not my most ideal place. It was only for a year, because as you stated earlier, you, if you do the FHA, you have to live in it, but only for a year. After the year, then you can rent out that unit if you choose to. And so that was the goal initially, live in it for the year, then move out of it, rent out the whole thing, and hopefully at that time have enough money to buy another property. Well, um, in this time, I ended up going on that reality show and um, prior to that, I was just getting tired of PT, tired of working with old people, tired of home health, tired of getting micromanaged and supervised. And I had these side hustles going on, social media, stuff like that. And when I had the opportunity to go on the show, I was like, screw this. And I just quit my last travel contract like halfway through. I was like, hey, I got this cool opportunity. Goodbye. And I went on the show and when I got off, I was like, okay, I have money at the time. I made some good investments that paid off. And um, I was like, let me sit with this. Let me work with a coach and see what I want to do now. Um, because I, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I just didn't always know what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew I, I was starting to go in that realm. Since then, that was two years ago. I haven't worked for anyone. Um, I've been doing many different things at times doing nothing. Uh, this past six months, I've just been traveling. Um, and, but I, I, I had the property and the market had changed and the market was kind of scaring me. I didn't know what was happening. Um, we were kind of, you know, Austin and places like that were like at the cliff. Um, and, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought the whole marking, everyone was talking about a housing crash. And I was like, you know what, let me just wait. And then um, ended up losing some of the money that I made through investments. And I just hit a point where I didn't have the money to get another property um, because everything was inflated. I felt like if I bought, it was going to be a bad investment. Um, I didn't know where I wanted to buy. And I was just at a point where I was getting 
tired of having that Vegas property. I ended up living in it for like actually living in it for a few months. But my first year, I really wasn't in it much. And it just wasn't healthy for me. I was just going through another period of like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, I had some a depressive episode and uh, I was just working on things personally. Um, and I saw the value in my property in two years went up about 55%. So I bought it at 326. Um, you know, the Zillow estimates, whatnot, but it was, it was up there. It was near five. It was near 500. And I was like, man, it would be really good to like keep this property and just keep it cash flowing and whatnot. It was, it was, I, it was actually a solid property, um, a solid starter one. But I, at the time I was just like, I could get out with, you know, after my, my realtor's fees and whatnot, like 130 pay and you know and profit in two years it's like not a bad not a bad way to get out and um yeah and then on top of it because you've been there two years you get that profit tax free yeah so that's yeah so 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 you you weren't paying rent so your housing expense was very low basically free you got a little bit of cash flow the property increased in value you didn't you you fixed up some things to help the value but Mm -hmm. largely the market went up in value and then you sold it and then you get to collect those profits tax free. So you yeah. and and your loan over those two years, you'd pay down the loan a little bit, which got you a little bit more profit. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was right after the two year mark, so it was perfect timing. That's when I was like, okay, um, because I could get a, get away with the taxes. I was like, if I'm gonna do it, this is a great time to do it. And it was an. I was like, if I take this money, it'll enable me time. It buys me time to go do some things I want to do, but also have money and time to put into my next ventures, um, which I was already kind of working on. And so I fortunately got an offer uh, for four ninety five, dollars And so, yeah, in two years, went from three twenty six dollars and sold it for four ninety five, dollars um, which is solid. And the thing about Vegas too, uh, if you know anything about Vegas, in 2008, um, that market tanked. Um, and Vegas is just known to be very volatile. I don't think it's going to be as volatile from now on just because of how many California residents moved over there and how much more money is there. But still, it is, you know, if another pandemic or some shit happens, um, it's a tourist city. You know, everything goes to shit because no one's coming. There's no money to be made. Um, and so I was like, I had this feeling in my heart of like, Vegas isn't going to be here for forever. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's just get out. And so it turned out to be good. Um, it is what it is now. It, you know, who, who knows what, what the value would be right now. It might've decreased in value at this point if I kept it. Um, and yeah, so that was my exit and I haven't bought another property since I've been nomadic actually. Uh, so I traveled for the past year throughout Asia and, uh, Central America and, um, yeah, it's been exactly like a year, um, like this month since I left. Man, dude, you timed it perfect because uh, Austin, Phoenix, and Vegas were the three largest markets where um, the 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 prices skyrocketed. And part of it was because of the iBuyers, like um, Open Door, Zillow. They were just buying houses cash, holding them, and then selling them on the back end. So that just like way drove up the prices. And then those are the three markets where the prices have corrected um they're still above where they used to be um but they did come back down so you timed it 
you could you timed it perfectly on accident <laughs> so like yeah good work <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know right now i don't even know if i'd be buying like you know most people say that the best time to buy is now like regardless because uh, you know, we're looking at the market and I'm not an expert, but also, you know, even if we see rates go down from seven to 5%, buying volume is going to go up. Demand is going to go up, which means the price of properties is going to go up. So it's like whether you're buying now and dealing with a high interest rate or you're buying in six months from now or a year from now, if those rates even do go down 2%, the prices of those properties are, are going to go up and it's just getting I mean, I think everyone can agree whether you're listening or not, like it's getting really hard to buy here um, and buy something decent. Uh, and so that's why all these other markets are opening up um, in the Midwest that are more affordable, even if it's not the most ideal, um, but you got to do what you got to do. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting run. <laughs> yeah, we're down. We moved. Uh, we did travel full time RV life, and then we landed in Tampa a couple months ago. Um, because our baby girl number two was being born. She just just got here a couple weeks ago. Congrats, and, um, man. Thanks, appreciate it. And yeah, looking at home prices down here in Tampa, I mean, we we just have no shot. I mean, the 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 prices for a single family are insane, and then looking at multifamily is even more ridiculous. So it's a ironic situation where we kind of got forced into renting an apartment. Um, and of course for us it was because the baby was on the way. And so we had some, like, you know, like you said, some personal things that kind of force your hand, force your decisions, mm -hmm. even though it's not the best decision, you know, on paper. Okay. Well, what, what, what's going to be the price you have to pay emotionally, mentally, your stress levels, like how does, how does all that play in? And that is just as important. Um, so I really like that you're really highlighting was this best decision? I don't know. Was best decision for me? Absolutely. Because that's the main point. That's the main point. If you do real estate and it just makes you so anxious and so stressed and all this stuff, then you 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 messed up. It, it's it's how does this align with your goals, with your plan right now, and how does it fit into that? You can't just sacrifice everything you want just because it's the smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and and. It it worked out for me again. Yeah, exactly with what I wanted from it. There were headaches, you know, there's headaches with dealing with, um, you know, fortunately I had like a property management company who took, you know, I paid them, but it took all the headaches away. I know if I didn't have them, I would have lost my mind, um, you know, trying to deal with tenants and issues while I'm on contract working. And I was just, it was, I highly recommend that takes away the headaches. You're worth, it's better off paying them, taking less profit. And just even oh, if you're just totally building, agree, totally yeah, agree. Even yep, if you're just building equity, yeah. Even if you're just building equity, that's 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 you know there are be real estate experts out there who are you know looking at every deal and you want to find a good deal, right? But you know at the end of the day, if you're just if you, if you're breaking even and just building equity in a property for free, that's a win. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of, you know, don't worry about, oh, I'm not making like two, three grand. Sure. If you are making that money and you are still working, hopefully you can just take that money, put it away to put it into the next property. Um, again, you know, if I, I look back and, you know, there's some mistakes I made with some of my investments that I, I probably could have bought that second property and probably a third property. Um, if I was, uh, if I just made some better choices, 
but it is what it is now, you know, and could I have been in a different place financially because of that? Sure. Um, but I am where I am now. That's what it is. There's no looking back. I'm not going to do that to myself. So, um, nah, yeah, you just, yeah. you let the market come to you. You made the best decision in the moment and now you're rolling forward. So, uh, since then, so, so what are you up to nowadays? Uh, I saw, I saw you have some online stuff, some, some intimacy and sex coaching, um, clients, online platforms. So what what's going on there? Yeah. So, I mean, throughout this whole time, like I said, in the past few years, um, I'd been working on doing different things, um, building a social media presence because attention is power. Um, and I mean, that's why you're doing this podcast and, um, just getting more eyeballs on me. That's part of the reason why I did the reality show. It was a YOLO moment of like, why not? But also like, okay, it's going to get eyeballs on me, might increase my following, get people to see me who might be interested in my services. Like, um, so I was just taking opportunities to just get out there. You know, any, any sort of coverage is good, even if it's bad. Um, and so, yeah, I have a coaching business now. Um, I do sex and empowerment coaching. So it's a, a combination of like online course, one-to-one coaching. Um, I'm working on getting into doing like in-person workshops and events soon. Um, I'm deciding where I'm going to be living. Uh, I might be down in Mexico. I might be in the Philippines. Um, I'm in that mindset at the moment, deciding where I'm going to uh, kind of establish myself for the next few months to a year. Um, and so, yeah, if that's something that you're interested in, or you're just curious, um, you know, you could check out my, my Instagram, um, or my website or reach out to me. It's at Dr. Kyle Dean. Um, and for those of you who might be just interested or curious, like I still have my license. Um, I still keep it up in California. I have like six licenses because of travel. Um, but I only keep it up in California just because if I, if I ever had to go back, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to doing standard PT, but if I ever had to, I have a fallback and I could go make good money. Um, but just with the way healthcare is, I, like I just saw the writing on the wall back in 2020 of like, you know, whatever your beliefs are, but I was like, I'm not getting forced to get any more fucking shots. I'm not getting forced to put on masks. I'm not getting micromanaged. I'm not getting told um, that I have to call people certain ways and all these things because I just saw it as, I'm not living authentically. I'm lying to myself. I'm falling in line. Um, and I just, I can't, I'd rather starve and eat shit and go to zero than put up with that because that's just, it's just not me. And I can't, I can't do it. Um, and so I'm, I, I want to help people in the way that they really deserve to be helped in ways that I enjoy helping them. Um, because although this is a, a real estate podcast, this is also like a entrepreneurial podcast and like getting out there. Oh, no, and, you're, you're exactly right. So, so uh, we both know Owen Johnson out in yeah. California and it's the same exact thing with him. He, he said the, the way that he phrased it is that we're slaves. We have all these student loans that keep us slave to the system. We have these licenses that we have to pay for and you can get your license taken away. We get all these requirements put on your license, which keeps you trapped. And then you're working for these healthcare systems that say, Hey, you have to get this vaccine. You got to get this, you know, you got to do all these things to stay in compliance and it keeps you trapped and it keeps you a slave is the way that, you know, he phrased it. And so you're exactly right. You, if, if you're cool with that, that's fine. But like this podcast and this group, 
We're not. We're out here trying to be leaders and trying to ultimately, like you said, help the client in the way they deserve to be helped. People don't deserve to have these ridiculous fees and co-pays and, oh, you can only see the patient twice. Like, no, that's not what we went to school for to yeah. have somebody else control our decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And and being a hundred percent and just doing what I do now as an empowerment coach, like I, I do it in the field of intimacy and sexuality, but um, it's overall for a person's well-being, like empowerment, empowerment and being able to say no and, and having choice. Um, and if I were to choose to still be doing that, I'm, I'm getting on my knees and I'm not actually being empowered in my life and in my decisions and in my choices, because a lot of these places, you don't have a choice. We didn't have a choice in 2020 for many people. They got fired or they had to ab abide by certain things. Um, and, you know, I just, I see the writing and I'm like, no, like, even if it takes five years to hit the goals I want to hit or 10 years, like I'd rather eat shit. Like I said, go to zero. If it happens, I used to say like, I'd rather live on the moon or live under the bridge than be average. Like I, I would rather risk it all and be under the bridge and be, uh, you know what? I fucking tried. And you know what? let's get up and do it again or be on the fucking moon. I, I just can't do moderate. I can't do average. I just, I can't, it's just not in me. You know, I'm fucking hella tatted. I'm probably one of the most tatted PTs you'll meet. Um, I have lived in a van in, in, in the time that I had that property, I did van life for four months. Um, I just traveled the world for the past year. I've had an only fans because of the field that I'm in with sexuality and intimacy. I've went on a reality show. I've done travel for multiple years. I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars all in the span of the past few years. Um, it's been a, I had the property. I got signed by a talent agency. I've, it's been a fuck. It's wild to actually look back on. Uh, but was it worth it? Yeah. You know, am I where I want to be right now? Not yet. But I'm, everything's led to me being where I'm at now and gaining the skills that I have now. And it hasn't always made sense. It's been very hard. I've gone through cyclic depression. Um, I've struggled a lot. Um, and I, I still go through these things at times. Um, but I just want to live a life that really feels authentic. I want to live a life where I'm, I'm doing something that I feel I really enjoy where I feel I'm really helping people and in my, uh, in my highest power, um, and taking care of your finances, continuing to educate yourself, not just in the realm of PT, but in other realms, whether even if it's just on finances. So you take better care of your finances and know how to take better power over your life because finances are a way to put your middle finger up. If you can take care of your money, no one can own you. If you can make your own money, no one can own you. If you know your worth, if you know how you can step into your power in the greatest capacity and be able to say no, you can take power over your life. And it's not easy. It's hard. Um, but that's all I can do at this point. And I'd rather fucking die than do anything else. Then go back to, to working in a, in a, in a clinic 
in a hospital, like I would only do it if like bare bones, everything went to shit and I had no other options. I almost, I almost didn't renew my license just so it was like a, you have no other option. Yeah. The, and the, and the, the and old just, burn the boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also was like, don't be an ass. Don't be an idiot. Like, you know, keep that. Yeah. You paid so much money. It does no it. harm. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to add, I learned this a couple years ago and you kind of touched on it. You don't even need, unless you want to work in the system, you don't even need a license. You don't. You just change your words in your verbiage around what you do. You might not say you do physical therapy, but you say you do body work or you say you're a movement specialist and you have your background in physical therapy and all these other things. And you know what? <laughs> For a lot of people, that works better because now you're not associating with the term PT and physical therapy, which has negative connotations on a lot of people's minds. Just, I, I, I know I'm going on a slight tangent, but it's like, you don't even like the second I realized that, that I was like, God, there are people doing things like this that don't even have these degrees. Um, you know, they're stretch therapists and whatever bodywork specialists and people naming themselves, whatever they want to name themselves. You know, I, you know, consider myself, I labeled myself a sex and empowerment coach. Um, and, but that's what I do. And some people don't know what that is. And so they're curious. And so they're asking, um, and it's like, you could call yourself whatever you want. You can, like, uh, once you're out of the system, when you're in the system, you have to call yourself a PT and this and that. Um, but when you go out on your own, you can create whatever reality you want, as long as you just know how to market it to people and get uh, get the message over to people of how you help them and what problems you solve. So I just wanted to add that. Oh, I love that. The power of naming, rebranding yourself to spark curiosity and disassociate from everything else. That's actually a concept in the book, The Pumpkin Plan by, um, oh, Michael, he wrote, he also wrote Profit First. I can't think of his last name right now, but um, he talks about that. The, the, the first big company to do that was Cirque du Soleil. The Barnum and Bailey Circus dominated the circus scene and any other company that tried to put circus in their name would just die out because they were competing against Barnum and Billy Circus. So this guy came out and he said, Cirque du Soleil, which, and people were like, whoa, what, what is this name? What they, We can't put this in a box because it's a different name. Um, and he breaks mm -hmm. down the whole power and just changing the name. Then people can't compare you and you can name your own price, name your own worth and solve the problem uh, correctly. So you're, you're spot on with that. They've just rebrand and say, hey, I do body work. Then people don't know where to put you. And so you get to dictate what your what problem you're solving, how you solve it. And then of course, your pricing associated with that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can create whatever reality you want. Um, and it, there's an identity shift that comes with that. You know, I, when you're a PT, you know, if you're going into your own business as a PT, it's, it, you're not really having an identity shift slightly. You're just becoming owner versus employee. And that that's a shift 100% and sometimes hard imposter syndrome and all that. Um, but if you're going into like a, just a completely different endeavor, and I'm not saying like you're becoming an insurance agent, then you're like, all right, I'm an insurance agent. But if you're like going into your own endeavor, for example, with me with coaching, I was like, it took me a while to get over this like identity of like, I'm Kyle the PT, 
um, because some of my social media was built into that of like I was making PT related content. And now now it's just the second you could go from the shift of I'm Kyle, I'm a doctor of physical therapy to I'm Kyle. Um, I am a son, a brother. Uh, I have training in sacred sexuality and intimacy. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. I've um, trained in breath work, you know, cold therapy. Like it's just another tool. It's not your entire image. It's just one of the tools and trainings that you have under your belt. It's not overall who you are as a person because there's more to you than your fucking degree. I love that, dude. Well, uh, we're running out of time here, um, but oh my gosh, this has been gold. Thank you so, so, so much for sharing, uh, obviously, the little real estate nuggets, but just healthcare leadership, entrepreneurship, and being true to yourself and authentic. I love everything that you just said, and I know our audience is going to really appreciate all the all the wisdom you've shared. But um, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, brother. Yes, sir. All right. See ya. Bye.